The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. When we practice mindfulness, we explore our experience, what's happening in our experience, what's happening in our bodies and our minds. We may start in our practice with something to help us kind of ground with recognizing that we're mindful, like the breath, just to help us to uh, to collect the attention. But but ultimately, mindfulness is a capacity of our of our human system, it's a, it's a natural capacity of our human system that allows us to recognize what's happening in the present moment as it's happening. And this is the, the capacity the Buddha encouraged us to cultivate because it has a, a power to help us to see what's going on in our hearts and minds, to help us to understand how we get caught, how we get hooked into our suffering, our struggles, and also how we can move in the direction of more ease and peace. So mindfulness is a key tool in our practice. And we open to the, with time, we open to the entirety of our human experience, everything that's happening in our human experience. All of our body sensations, sight, sound, smells, taste, all the, the sensations in the body, and, and also including what's going on in our minds, thoughts, emotions. So it's a, a mind states. So it's a, it's a very broad kind of practice that we're cultivating here. And so we start with kind of getting familiar with the what of our experience, the body sensations and sounds and sights and emotions, thoughts, moods. And in being aware of that, there's often, I mean, we're exploring opening to more and more of our experience, but it seems that there's aspects of our experience that are often kind of behind the scenes, things that we're not so aware of. And it's Occasionally, I mean, it, it seems it seems that sometimes these things that are kind of behind the scenes, the, the things that are deeply conditioned, habits and patterns that are um, kind of deep and ingra- deeply ingrained in, in how we are, it seems sometimes like no matter how long we actually look at what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's going on behind the scenes may not actually ever become what's obvious in our experience. And this what's happening behind the scenes is often where we are getting caught up, where we are reacting to things, pushing things away, holding on to things. And so often the, uh, the place or the way that we end up getting tangled up with our experience is something that's not so obvious to us. So um, this is the piece I wanted to talk about a little bit tonight, this uh, 
this it's kind of like we have hidden views or hidden filters or hidden kind of perspectives that we carry around that we're looking at experience through but not really clearly aware of these are often really deeply conditioned habits and patterns and so if we simply practice with the exploration of what is obvious what's here what am i aware of in this moment or just with you know the experience of the breathing or just directing our attention to something we may not ever really clearly become aware of the the agendas or the way that we're paying attention these agendas or these um we could say these habits or patterns or ways of paying attention these perspectives that we carry around when we're not aware of them they are it's kind of like they're just operating they're functioning they are if we have an agenda or a perspective of a little bit of aversion or not liking things then that perspective is going to be like how we view the world i've seen this in my own in my own experience it kind of was a little bit of a surprise to see when i when i finally when i started to really see it i have a very deeply conditioned pattern of aversion and um at one point um, one of my teachers asked me to just notice, you know, what is obvious in your experience and is it pleasant or is it unpleasant? And every single thing that I noticed in my experience was unpleasant. And I thought, well, this can't just be like randomly noticing this. And I mentioned this to my teacher, you know, it's like everything, if this can't just be random, this, this, this has got to be, you know, based on something. And, it, it is based it was based on my deep habit of aversion that with that habit of aversion the mind tends to this is what I discovered with time actually it took some time to really understand this but with that deep ha- habit of aversion the mind oriented to looking to things that it didn't like so that it could fix them so that then I'd be happy so this habit, this habit or pattern was kind of operating in the back of my mind and not really clearly seen. Like I would walk into a room and like immediately notice everything I didn't like about the room. Now somebody else might walk into the room and immediately notice everything that they, that they really like about the room. So we each have different kind of perspectives that we carry. And they tend to be these flavors of greed of liking things of wanting of 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 um wanting to have more of things of aversion of like wanting to push things away of 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 not liking things and also of um of delusion of kind of like not connecting or not really being clearly aware of what's going on these three basic kind of uh, patterns or habits um um Jack Cornfield, I think it's Jack Cornfield, talks about a kind of a little test that you can you can see which flavor that you may um, 
carry, which perspective you may carry strongest by thinking about what happens for you when you go into a new place, when you go into a room that you've never been in before, when you enter a new place. If you tend to orient towards what you don't like, you probably have a temperament that's kind of got that perspective of wanting to push things away. If you orient towards things that you do like, you probably have that temperament of of, of orienting towards things that you like, that you want, that you want to hold on to. If you walk into the room and it's kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, kind of maybe a little bit of confusion. That may be the, um, the orientation of someone who's not really connecting with, with what's here. So there are these perspectives. We have these perspectives. And in our mindfulness practice, it's useful to begin to recognize these perspectives because they often are the, um, the places or the ways that we get hooked. Like my own perspective of aversion, I would just repeatedly get hooked into that pattern of thinking I needed to get rid of things in order to be happy. And so the, um, the mindfulness practice can we can become aware of these things but but it often takes a little bit of extra curiosity or extra kind of um interest to kind of check in well okay this is what is happening this is what i'm obviously aware of and how am i in relationship to it so this is this is the piece I want to talk about. This is um, beginning to be curious about this in the first place and how we can how we can explore it. It's it's actually a pretty simple um, technique that we can use to check that relationship. You can just kind of ask the question, "How am I with what's happening?" or "What's my relationship to what's happening?" Sometimes one of my teachers uses the phrase or the, the word attitude. What's my attitude about what's happening? So this, this technique of asking a question, I, I would mostly encourage it to happen just very occasionally. The, the bulk of our practice is still just noticing what's here, just noticing what's obvious, what is obviously available to be known. And from time to time, kind of being curious about how am I in relationship to experience? This question isn't something to try to figure out. It's not like you're thinking about. It's not something that you drop in to try to figure out the answer to the question or to try to think about what Am I, how am I relating to this? It's more to just spark the mind to be curious. Is there some other thing going on here that I wasn't quite aware of? Something behind the scenes. Is there something else going on that's kind of behind the scenes? So that that question can kind of open the mind to be curious about what else might be there. So in this checking in to what the relationship to experience is, as I mentioned, there's, you know, I mentioned so far, I've mentioned three basic flavors. You know, there's, there's the 
the liking what's happening, wanting more of it. There's not liking it, wanting to get rid of it. So basically a greed and aversion. And then there's a kind of a confusion. What's going on here? I'm confused. I don't get, I don't get it. That kind of a, a state of mind that might be happening in relationship to what's happening. So those are three basic flavors. There's a fourth basic flavor of relationship to what's happening. And I brought it up in the guided meditation. And that is maybe there's a relationship of what's happening is okay. What's happening feels like I have ease with it or there's some measure of calm or peace in relationship to what's happening. This is actually an important relationship to recognize. It may not be the first ones that we recognize when we start exploring this, but over time we we do start to recognize that there are experiences of what's happening, this is just what's happening, and I'm okay with what's going on. It's useful to recognize that because recognizing that okayness, recognizing that the mind is fine with what's happening, it's not, there's no problem. That's a, a state that's close to, we could call it, in the neighborhood of equanimity. It's, it's in the neighborhood of balance of mind. And it's a subtle flavor of mind that's really useful to, to kind of land with. When, the, when we can recognize, oh, this thing is happening and I'm okay with it, we might actually notice that around something difficult. We might notice there's something unpleasant happening and I'm okay with it. Recognizing that okayness can have a very um, nourishing effect on our system. Sometimes we focus on the what is happening. We might be focusing more on, well, there's this unpleasant thing happening and not really notice that the mind is balanced and okay with it. And so this is, this is a piece too of, of checking the attitude. And I want to say that up front because when we explore the attitude, a lot of the times what we do notice is some kind of reactivity we do notice some kind of aversion or we notice some kind of a wanting or a holding on to or a confusion. But that's not, that's not the only things that can be noticed. And, and every now and then, you know, you might, you might check into the attitude and see, oh, oh, this is what it feels like to be okay with what's happening. This is what it feels like to be okay. So the, um, the other side, though, where we do kind of check in that relationship and we might see, you know, like maybe you're noticing, maybe there's some sound going on outside while you're meditating. And, you know, you're kind of trying to stay with your breath or you're staying with the breath. And, and, and yet, you know, it feels like there's a little bit of pull to that sound. And you come back, you want to stay with the breath, but there's this pull to the sound. And... Um, Maybe check the attitude there. This is actually one of the times I find it's um, useful to check that relationship, check the how we are with experience. We could say this is like we're looking at what is happening and how we are with the experience. What and how. How am I while this is going on? How am I with this sound that's happening? Maybe you'll notice... I don't like the sound. I want the sound to go away. 
you might not have clearly noticed that. It might have been kind of in the back of your mind. You might have like heard thoughts like, why are they doing that? You know, you know, you know, uh, just the, the kind of the thoughts about wishing it weren't there, but not clearly recognizing, oh, what's actually happening here is that there's a sound and not liking is happening. The difference that there's a huge difference between kind of being in the not liking kind of you know, no, kind of not really clearly knowing the not liking. There's a sound and not liking it, a little bit of pushing it away, a little bit of like resistance to it without clearly seeing it. There's a huge difference between that and clearly recognizing what's happening in this human experience is that there's a sound and there's not liking happening with that sound. There's a huge difference there. And we can feel the difference sometimes when we clearly recognize, at least I've seen at times when I kind of recognize, oh, what's going on is this thing is happening and I don't like it. When there's that, been that clear recognition, there sometimes is a sense of, oh, that's what's happening. That's why it's so hard right now. That's why it feels so so stressful right now. And then simply recognizing it or seeing it, oh, there's this thing and I don't like it. There's something that there's some kind of ease that begins to step in, that, that begins to happen with simply recognizing the experience and the relationship to it, the what and the how. And what my teacher Sayadaw Utejaniya would say is that the um, that that how that the how we are with the experience. So clearly noticing the the not liking, it's kind of moving from behind the scenes that perspective that we're just seeing the experience through, that hearing that sound through the not liking, to hearing the sound and knowing the not liking. So it's, it's like we're, not, we're no longer listening to the sound through the not liking. It's more that they're kind of both there and we, we, we know that both are happening. It's almost like, you know, these, the, we can think of these things in the background, these uh, relationships, the how we are with experience, almost like colored glasses that we might wear, different colored, like um, um, we put on different colored lenses. And if you're wearing a colored lens for a long time, you kind of lose track of the fact that you're looking through that color. Everything looks that tint, but, but you kind of lose track of the fact that you're, you're seeing through that tint. And then suddenly somebody comes and says, Hey, you know, did you know you still have your sunglasses on? It's like, Oh yeah, I thought it was kind of dark in here. And then you can take those off and then you, you see things differently. So you, you see the difference and, and you might, the, what the shift is that I'm talking about so seeing that there's the sound and the not liking, looking at the not liking, the, the, the sound through the not liking is kind of like having the glasses on of, of not liking. And then the seeing the not liking is like taking the glasses off. Like you, you can take the glasses off and say, oh yeah, I was looking through those glasses. And you can see them rather than be looking through them. And that's the same shift that happens when we kind of check this attitude. It's like, oh, there is this thing happening and I don't like it. 
then the mind may actually be kind of okay with that. What's happening is that there's a sound and I don't like it. And we may actually begin to recognize it's okay. It's okay that there's a sound and I don't like it. And maybe you can notice that okayness. Oh, okayness is happening. I've noticed the kind of the the feeling of okayness through a kind of a feeling of relief almost when I recognize the attitude that's happening behind the scenes and it comes that kind of comes out of the background and into conscious awareness. Sometimes it's 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 like a relief. It feels like a relief. It's like, oh, that's what's happening. No wonder. No wonder the mind is so caught up in things. I hadn't seen the not liking. And so the, the there can be a little bit of a shift or a little bit of space, a little bit of a relief or some release, a relaxation of mind that can happen when we clearly see an attitude to the experience. So the attitudes can be about the experience itself, like I was just talking about sound, you know, sound and not liking the sound that's happening. Um, You know, the sound might be the sound of a leaf blower or something, some kind of mildly um, agitating sound. But then there's other kinds of things that we can have attitudes about, or other ways, maybe we could say ways that attitudes are created It's not necessarily just about like the what that's happening. It's not necessarily just about the sight, the sound, the smell, the taste, the touch. Sometimes our attitudes have to do with kind of something else that's going on in the background that's not quite seen. Um, A kind of a mood or a state of mind that's not quite seen. And then... um, we're reacting actually to that mood, the thing that we're, we're, the attitude that's happening, like when we notice like, oh, I'm really experiencing a lot of aversion here. You know, maybe we notice that there's a lot of aversion going on when we kind of check in, but we don't, it's like, well, what is there aversion to here? It's sometimes it's, it's, um, it's not necessarily so clear. I saw this earlier today. I saw a little bit of aversion and um, it's kind of like, oh, you know, what's going on? And uh, I realized that I was really tired. And I hadn't really clearly noticed that I was tired. And so the attitude of aversion was itself to something that wasn't in the field of the what. I hadn't really clearly noticed the tiredness. So when I noticed that there was the tiredness, the aversion kind of just fell away because it was like the the aversion was because the tiredness had not been seen. So sometimes the attitude can be not not to what we're consciously noticing, but also to something else that's behind the scenes, like that, you know, that tiredness for myself earlier. The other thing that attitudes can sometimes have to do with is, um, especially connected with meditation, that... um, when we're meditating, we have all kinds of ideas and agendas about what we want to be happening. And if that isn't happening, we can have relationships to it. Now, it may be that there's nothing in particular, you know, it's, it's not so much that um, uh, there's, the, it's not so much that we're reacting to the what is happening. We're reacting to an idea 
about what we think should or shouldn't be happening. And that's the agenda or the idea or the expectation that we may be carrying. And so this is, this is another thing to kind of be curious about. Sometimes our, our attitudes are more about the, um, the beliefs we have about what, what should be happening in our meditation. So I want to I want to leave a little bit of time for for comments or questions. So I think I'll stop there and see see if there's any comments or questions. Uh, Andrea, I just like uh, thank you, Andrea. As always, I'm just wondering uh, not the goal, but the practice as it matures goes from. Either one of those three uh, that you had mentioned to the more equanimity side and yes. for underneath it. Yeah, and, and it does. And one of my teachers um, says that it's actually by getting to know all of the, um, the challenging relationships, you know, by just fully opening to those that we find our way back, we step our way back into the more balanced or equanimous relationship. And so it's like we, we get to the, the more balanced relationship by seeing what's in its way. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, it's not like we're going to sit down and just immediately have that balanced attitude. We're, we're probably going to see the others. But, but it's not a problem because what happens, you know, again, it's like as soon as we see a, uh, a relationship, you know, it's, a, it's like that relationship comes out of the background and it just becomes another thing that we're aware of. I started this by talking about, you know, we can be aware of anything. We can be aware of sight, sound, smells, taste, touch, thoughts, things going on in the mind. So we can be aware of, of, of everything, but there are, are habits of mind that kind of keep things hidden from us. And so as soon as we can kind of have that curiosity of, well, what's, what's hidden? You know, what, what's back there? And it comes into the field of what we can be aware of. Then there's the chance for us to work with that too. As long as it's hidden behind the scenes, it's kind of just running the show. So it's good news to see these things, actually. It's good news to see the, the greed or the aversion operating because then it, it has a chance to, um, not be driving the show, but just to be seen and to, to, um, we can learn from it. And in learning from it, it begins to release. It begins to, it begins to let go. So it's actually good news. It's really good news to see these things. I'd much rather see them than not see them myself. (laughs) I see that I'm, uh, I'm also, you know, an aversive type, uh, but some mornings, like when I get up, uh, there is more an aversion. And in the other uh, mornings, it just depends on how the conditions for uh, the previous day or whatever. I, I don't know. The mood underneath it is that sometimes I'm not. Uh, yeah, but, uh, and it's really great to notice that difference, you know, to, to yeah. recognize, oh, okay, so yes, there's a version today, you know, I didn't get sleep or whatever, this thing happened yesterday, this is shaping, it's all conditioned. 
the whole thing is unfolding in conditions. And then the days when you wake up and it's, it's like, oh, you know, that, that mood is not there. That's really useful to recognize. What is there then? Is there a little more ease? Is there a little more calm and peace? Notice that. It's so useful to notice that too, because the noticing of that supports its development and its cultivation.